You're listening to the Coastal Church Audio Podcast with Pastor Dave Koop. This morning we're going to be talking about how this kingdom works, a few principles around it. Last week we finished off a whole month on a better way to rest. And it was a really needed message in a busy urban world. How could we have a rest? We used to go, go, go. That's the way we live. But God designed all of creation to be in rhythm, and we're part of creation, and we were designed to live in rhythm. Life is not a marathon. Life is a series of sprint, rest, sprint, rest. Intense work, relax. Intense, relax. Growing up on the farm, harvest time was intense, but then after that came rest. Seeding time was intense, rest. And that's the way life is. Hard work, rest. There's rest, a weekly rest. Then we use an illustration about catching the wave. And if you missed last week, grab the podcast or go to the Vimeo and watch it there. But we actually had a guy teaching us how to surf via video, mind you. But he taught us how to surf and how to time it, how to catch the wave. And when that wave came, first you're resting. You watch those surfers. They're out there just kind of resting on the water. But then they're watching when a wave comes. They paddle really hard, and then they catch that wave. And the wave... The momentum of it allows them to do something bigger than they are, and they find themselves swept up in this wave. And the kingdom has waves. And when we sync ourselves with God's kingdom, we find ourselves doing things greater than we'd ever be able to do on our own. So we want to live in the kingdom. We want to understand the kingdom and know how it operates. Today, being Canada Day, we, if you become a Canadian citizen, they give you a test. They ask you to learn some things about the kingdom of Canada, how it operates, when it got started, what's our constitution, and all that good stuff. You have to learn some of the laws of the land and so forth, and you have to swear that you're going to obey the laws of the land. You remember that? And so it is with our Canada. We have to learn the laws of this kingdom. Likewise, we should understand the kingdom of heaven if we're going to be part of the kingdom of heaven. And understanding Canada, I came across some very interesting laws in Canada that you may or may not be aware of, but I thought as Canadians you should be aware of these. And nationally, do you know that you may not pay for a 50-cent item with only pennies? Now, that soon won't matter because the pennies are going away, but up to now it's been a rule that you couldn't put down more than 50 pennies for something. So that was interesting. And uh, now this is interesting, a British Columbia law. It's actually on the books. It is illegal in the province of British Columbia to kill a Sasquatch. I've never seen one. Apparently, there must be one because they made a law. Just in case there was a Sasquatch, you can't kill it. All right. Now, if you live in Port Coquitlam, and uh, if you need to know this. If you're in Port Coquitlam, it's against the law to own more than four pet rats, Okay. So just in case you're breeding rats in Cork Wicklum, no more than four. Uh, you know, it was illegal to sell margarine in B.C. up to the year 1949. And in 1950, I don't know what they did to margarine, but it became legal. You could sell margarine. So don't worry about that one. It's over. But uh, in, in Quebec, there's some interesting laws. Uh, you know, in Quebec, it's illegal to turn right on a red light at any time. We get to do that in B.C., but if you go to Quebec, you can't do that, so be careful. Uh, in Vancouver, we have some interesting laws. As of March 5th, 2009, and you need to know this, you can keep chickens in your backyard. 
We, we, you Google this. There is a whole page on how to keep chickens in Vancouver. It's part of our kingdom. We live in Vancouver. It's part of the kingdom. Now, it can only be hens. It can't be roosters and it can't be chicks. It can only be four hens because they said four hens will produce 21 eggs and that's how much the average family eats is 21 eggs. So only four. They give all the dimensions of your chicken coop. I got called chicken coop a lot growing up. <laughs> Matter of fact, I'm so glad my chicken life is over. We had 2,000 chickens on the farm and we had to collect eggs out of for 2,000 chickens and I'm so glad. I have no desire to have four chickens in my backyard. Thank you very much. I'll go to Safeway and pick them up there. Uh, but anyhow, you can, have, you can have chickens in Vancouver. That's a law. A couple other quick, quirky laws in our country. If you live in Etobicoke, it's a bylaw there that you can have no more than 3.5 inches of water in your bathtub. So if you're ever staying at a hotel in Etobicoke, just make sure no more than three and a half inches of water. Oshawa, it's illegal to climb trees. That's what it says. In Ottawa, it's illegal to eat ice cream on Bank Street on a Sunday. Just be careful when you take your ice cream cone. <laughs> In Toronto, here's one for you people from Toronto. You can't drag a dead horse down Young Street on a Sunday. <laughs> Any other day of the week, it's okay, but just don't drag your dead horse. On a Sunday. <laughs> oh, and in Montreal, you can't wash your car in the street. And this was interesting. In Montreal, you cannot swear in French. Apparently, other languages are okay, but not French. And somebody, after the service last night, they came up and said, you know why that is, don't you? I go, no, I have no idea. They said, because, and they're French. They said, because in Quebec, all our French words we swear with are about the church. And so that's why I was introduced. I said, oh, that's a good rule. I mean, you shouldn't swear anyhow. We're going to get into that because in the kingdom, he says, bless, don't curse. So we'll talk about that further into the summer. But anyhow, to live as a Canadian, you understand the Canadian kingdom. And to live in the kingdom of heaven, we need to understand the kingdom of heaven. So that's why we're doing this series over the summer. If we're going to be part of this kingdom, it just makes sense. We'd understand how the kingdom works and what it's about. Well, Jesus taught us to pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That was the Lord's prayer. He taught us to pray that the kingdom would come. The very fact that we say, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, means that we want God to show up in our lives, and we surrender to him. It's a, it's a prayer of surrender. It's a prayer of God. Uh, I think your way is going to be better than my way, which is our series for the years. God has a better way. So since your way is better, I want your kingdom to come, not just into my life and make a radical change in my life, but also radical change in the world around us. If we want to bring change in the world around us, social justice and all the rest of it, it has to start in our hearts. It has to be a radical change in our hearts. So when we're praying, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, that's what we're praying for. Then he also taught us to pray, or he taught us on the kingdom. He said, seek first the kingdom, and all these things will be added unto you. He was talking about people worrying. They were worried about what to wear. You probably thought about that this morning, right? You got up, oh, it's Canada Day. What do I wear? Do I wear a Canada T-shirt? Do I wear my regular clothes? Do I wear a tie? Do I wear jeans? Do I wear flip-flops? Do I wear shoes? Or Maybe you didn't think at all about it. You just put on what was there. I don't know. 
But when he was talking to them, you guys, you're thinking a lot about what to wear, what to eat, and you're worried about it. You're worried about what's going to happen down the road. You're worried about tomorrow making payments. He said, consider the birds, consider the flowers. They don't worry. They're well taken care of. And I've got news for you. You're more valuable than they are. So seek first the kingdom. All these things will be added unto you. Seek first the kingdom. Don't seek the kingdom second, third, or fourth. Seek it first. That doesn't mean you can't seek other things. You can seek relationships. You can seek a house. You can seek food. You can seek money. You can, you can have those things, but just don't put them first. Put me first. Seek that first, and this will be added to you. Added is just shows up. It's like getting paid, and they added a bonus. You go, oh, man, it's nice to have the bonus. God says, seek me first. And things will be added to your life. You'll think, wow, that, that really just showed up. That, was, that wasn't that hard. It was added to my life. Seek first. Seek first the kingdom. This was his instruction. So, obviously, you're doing it because you're in church this morning. Uh, you're seeking first the kingdom. So, you can give yourself a pat on the back or pat your neighbor on the back and say, way to go. You're seeking first the kingdom. You're doing it this morning. So, that's good. The kingdom of God was central to the teaching and the mission of Jesus. He mentions it dozens of times throughout the Gospels. But it's not an easy concept to understand. Jesus didn't stand up and say, all right, this morning I will be teaching you about the kingdom of heaven. I have got five bullet points. Could you bring up the PowerPoint, please? Point number one, point number two, point number three. No, he didn't do that way. I will teach you about the kingdom, and I will tell you a parable. I will teach you about the kingdom. I will tell you a metaphor. I'll teach you about the kingdom, and I'll tell you a simile. And so he uses these stories and parables to teach us about the kingdom. It was brilliant. Because had he given us four points on a PowerPoint, we would have said, well, that was for that day. It doesn't apply to today. But what he did, the way he told it, it has covered thousands of years, and what worked in ancient Palestine still works today it was brilliant the way he introduced the kingdom principles because we can take those principles and we can contextualize them for our world today. It's great the way he did it. Jesus said that the kingdom of heaven is like a banquet, a great fe wedding feast. The door will be closed on some who come. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. You would be wise to sell everything you own to buy that field to get the treasure. He said the kingdom of heaven is like a net that's cast out there. Fish are brought in, and the fish are separated, good from the bad. The kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who hired laborers to work in the field. Hired them at different times of the day. 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, noon, 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock. End of the day, he goes to pay them. He pays them all the same thing. That's what the kingdom of heaven is like. Doesn't sound fair, but that's what the kingdom of heaven is like. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. From a small beginning comes a great tree. And then he said, the kingdom of heaven is like yeast. Yeast is microscopic fungi. He says, but it's very, uh, what's the right word? Radical. It permeates and changes an entire culture. So he described the kingdom of heaven like that. He used parables. He said, the kingdom of heaven is hard for the rich to enter. He said, the kingdom must be received as a child. Another time he said, not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Before the, his crucifixion, Jesus told his disciples he would not drink or eat again with them until he does so in the kingdom. Today we taste part of the kingdom, but the fruition of the kingdom is yet to come. 
Uh, in the story of the prodigal son, we know we see a son who wished his father was dead so he could get his inheritance early, and he ends up being the hero in Jesus' kingdom. He talks about a despised Samaritan who gets respected because he shows compassion in the kingdom. Tax collectors, sinners, enter the kingdom before the pious and the upright. So this is the kingdom. It's upside down. The more you study, it's so different than the way the world does things. So I'm going to try to give you a couple of bullet points this morning to introduce the kingdom, to help us think about it as we go into our summer series. What is the kingdom? Well, one thing we know, it's not of this world. It's not the world's way of doing things. It's not a human kingdom. Pilate, when he was interviewing and questioning Jesus, he said, oh, what, what is your kingdom? They're calling you a king. Well, what is your kingdom? And the response that Jesus gave was, my kingdom is not of this world. If it was of this world, I would have had a bunch of soldiers attack your soldiers, and I would have fought for a kingdom. But my kingdom is not of this world. It's a sphere of influence or control from heaven. A kingdom is a place where you have arranged to suit your purposes and your values. It's an environment arranged according to how you like it. That's what a kingdom is. It's a sphere. It's this influence over, over our lives. That's why we pray, your kingdom come. I want to do things your way under your influence, Father. We all have our own little kingdoms. You have your own little kingdom. Your bedroom is your kingdom, or maybe your car is your kingdom for a little while, or your hotel room. When I get into my car, it's my kingdom, and I have certain influence over my car. I adjust the seat to a certain position. And some cars, mine doesn't have, but some cars, you can press a button and you can lock it in. Position one is my seat position. So I have my influence over the seat. And then I adjust the mirror, a certain way, adjust the mirror. And then I set the radio dials. I set the radio dials different than Cheryl sets the radio dials. Uh, I don't understand her order. And I've sometimes changed her order, and I found out that wasn't a good thing to do because she has a certain order for her. And I, I like my radio stations to go from smallest to largest. So, you know, on one end is, you know, 690 CBC. On the other end would be 1130, the news channel. So and then I have all my, so I have a cert, my kingdom. I got a certain order for my kingdom. And then I, I don't like messy cars. I, I don't like, if there's a speck of dust, I want it to be lonely. I, I just don't like junk in my car. All right. So then somebody will drive my vehicle and I get in, and my seat's not in the right position. The mirror's tilted down. They left their coffee cup. They changed the order of my radio. And that really, that kind of bugs me, to be honest. You messed up my kingdom. Don't mess up my kingdom. Have you, I've told you, you know, if they want to use my, my vehicle, my truck, just put it back in order the way my kingdom is supposed to be. Because I got order for my kingdom in my vehicle. Or if I go in a hotel room, I have a certain order of doing things. You probably have an order when you go to a hotel room. I like to go to a hotel room. The first thing I want to do is unpack my suitcase. I want to get it over with, done right away. And I put all my clothes, hang them up, or put them in the drawer. I don't leave in the suitcase. And I, put, I don't like the suitcase out, so I hide it so I can't see it because it looks messy to me. So I put it away, and then I go in the bathroom, and I lay out a white towel beside the sink. And then I put down my toothbrush, my toothpaste, and my razor. That's just my kingdom. You do your kingdom the way you like. I do like, and so I like to have a certain order to something. So it's my, my order, my influence, my sphere. But when we go to God's kingdom, we're saying, your order, your influence, your way of doing things, bring it into my world. So it's a, it's a big act of submission. So when you pray, be careful what you pray for, because he will bring his order, his way into your life. 
But we found out a long time ago that his way is better than our ways. And when we get his order going, our life works that much better. Uh, so it really is uh, not like the world. It's quite different. It's a spiritual kingdom. It's within you. Jesus told his followers in Luke 17, 21, the kingdom of God is within you. Within you. When we accept Christ, when he comes into our lives, Nicodemus, he tells him, you are born spiritually into this kingdom. The neat thing about being in the kingdom of heaven is you can be in the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of Canada at the same time. Really, you have dual citizenship. One is very temporary. I don't know how long you live on the planet, but it's, you're living in the dash now, but one day that expires. But today you have a Canadian passport or whatever country you're from. But you also have a heavenly passport. And that one is for eternal, eternity. You know, you, they, in the kingdom of heaven, you don't get deported. You, you, it's, it's, a, it's a kingdom with a lot of privileges. It's a kingdom with, you can be anywhere. You can call on God. I love that about this kingdom. You can be in the Ukraine, you can be in Tanzania, or you could be in Switzerland. Wherever you are, you're just a prayer away, and the kingdom is with you. The kingdom is within you. It's a spiritual kingdom on the inside of you. It's not controlled by boundaries like our national borders are. I put in your notes a quote by Donald Craybill, because he wrote a book, The Upside-Down Kingdom, which is a classic book on it. It's been around for a number of years, read in a lot of schools, We'll have it in the bookstore for you. Here he says, kingdom living is fundamentally social. It involves membership, citizenship, loyalties, and identity. All those things are in the kingdom of heaven. Citizenship in a kingdom entails relationships, policies, obligations, boundaries, expectations. That's in the kingdom of heaven. These dimensions of kingdom life supersede the whims of individual experience. Kingdom membership clarifies a citizen's relationship to the king, to other citizens, and to other kingdoms. Living in a kingdom means sharing and helping to shape its future. And part of the thing is that God empowers us to shape the kingdom of heaven because he says, go, tell, share, share about this kingdom wherever you can, tell about the kingdom. We're not experiencing the kingdom in its fullness, but one day we will. It will come one day in its fullness. One day the Lord will come back. In a spiritual sense, when we accept Christ, we're brought into the kingdom. John the Baptist and Jesus began their ministries by declaring the kingdom of God had come. And when we pray thy kingdom come, we're asking God to reveal his love of his kingdom to the hearts of people and to our hearts. So it comes into our heart. We experience it now, but there's also much more to come. There's a day coming where Jesus will establish he will come back again and establish his kingdom here on this earth. But for now, we also see his kingdom in our daily lives. In 1 Corinthians, Paul says, Then comes the end when he delivers the kingdom to God the Father, when he puts an end to all rule and authority and power. There's a day coming. He said, this isn't it. What you're experiencing right now is really good, but it's just a taste of what is yet to come. Right now, in this kingdom, we still wrestle against powers of darkness. But there's a day coming, my friend, when Jesus will take Satan and cast him into a pit. And it will be over. Never again will we wrestle against him. But in this season, the kingdom of heaven is within us. 
We live under his authority, his power. We witness what he does in our lives. But Revelation tells very clearly there's a day coming when he'll no longer be there to influence people. That chapter will close, and there's that day to look forward to. And as Christians, we look forward to that. John 14, Jesus says, I go to prepare a place for you. I'll come again. I'll receive you to myself, that there, where I am, you may be also. And, of course, we said it's an upside-down kingdom or it's an inverted kingdom. Very different than the way the world lives. It's upside down. If you go to Luke chapter 6, find it in your Bibles or on your iPhone or some other device, just look it up there. I want to read just a little bit of Luke chapter 6 for you this morning. It's good to read the Bible in church. And, uh, and so I've got to read just a little bit out of Luke chapter 6 for you this morning. Because here he talks about this kingdom. And we'll be studying it more in the weeks to come. Verse 20, it says, Then he lifted up his eyes toward his disciples and said, Blessed are you poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. So the world says, Blessed are you when you're rich. When you're rich, you're going to be happy. When you, everybody likes you, when you will be happy. When you have a thousand friends on Facebook, you have arrived. Now everybody likes you. And later on, he says, woe to you when everybody likes you. Uh, he says, woe to you who are rich. He says, woe to you who think you got it made in this world. Woe to you. That doesn't mean, he says, be aware. Don't let that be the source of your joy. Don't let that be your identity. He says, blessed are you who are poor. That doesn't mean blessed are you when you have no money, you're broken, defeated, because that wouldn't line up with the rest of the scriptures. He wants us to live in victory. What he's saying is blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who are humble. Blessed are those who don't have this attitude that I'm it. Blessed are you who hunger now, you will be filled. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when men hate you, when they ex exclude you, when they revile you, cast out your name as evil. Why? For the Son of Man's sake. If you're being persecuted because you're a jerk, well, then that's your own fault. But if you're being persecuted because you have a faith in Christ and people don't understand it, well, that's a different story. Uh, then he goes on to say, Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, for indeed your reward is great in heaven, for in like manner their fathers did to the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you've received your consolation. Woe to you who are full, for you shall hunger. Woe to you who shall laugh now, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when all men speak well of you, for so did their fathers to the false prophets. But I say to you who hear. Now, he says that a lot, you who hear. Because you can, you can hear and not hear. You could be here this morning and not here. You could be thinking about that barbecue. Man, in a little while, we'll be having that barbecue. Wow. I'm gonna... Or you could be thinking, all right, this is soon going to be over. I only... Or you could be thinking, you know, you could be thinking a lot. I have no idea what you're thinking right now. But God does. He knows exactly what you're, how you're hearing. You know, the way we hear is so related to our faith and our victory. And he said, but those who hear, here's my message for you, Jesus says, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you. That's upside down. Because in the world, you don't do good to those who hate you, you hate them back. Blessed are those who curse you. Uh, bless those who curse you. Bless those who curse you. No, the world says curse back at them. Get a bigger swear word and swear back at him. He said, no, no, don't do it. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who spitefully use you. So they took advantage of you, and Jesus said, no, pray for them. Now, please know, he didn't say pray against them. He said pray for them. Pray against them. Oh, God, I pray you get that person. Oh, God, I pray. Oh, God, I'm right. That's not how we pray. He said pray for them. 
God bless them. Help them. Open their eyes. Let them see the truth. God, I pray for them. One time, the disciples were sent by Jesus to go ahead and find a place for them to stay, and nobody wanted Jesus to stay there. So they came back, and they said, Jesus, do you want us to command fire to come down? Let's burn up those suckers. Let's burn them up, God. Let's burn them up. Praying against them. Jesus said, you guys, hello. He rebukes them. You don't know what spirit you're of. I didn't come to destroy people. I came to save people. The kingdom isn't about cursing and praying against people. It's for praying for people. He says, if you have somebody asks for your cloak, give them another one. And verse 31 says, and just as you want men to do to you, you also do to them. But if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. So in this passage in Matthew, he talks a lot about the difference between the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom that we live in, this world's kingdom. So we want to choose to operate in that. How does it operate? Here's a couple of points that I can give you how it operates. One, it operates on God's love. 1 John 4, 16 is God is love. The whole kingdom is based on love. So if you're not sure, how do I operate in this kingdom in a messed up world? Because really you're living in this broken world that has its own system. But in that, God intersects and he says, wait a minute. In this world, you can operate in my kingdom. That's how you'll bring change. And the, if you distill it down, this kingdom operates in love. That'd be the best way to remember it. Number two, it operates under the power of the Holy Spirit. For we read in 1 Corinthians 4.20, for the kingdom of God is not just fancy talk. This is Paul speaking here. It's not just talk, but it's living by God's power because his kingdom is within us, folks. There's, there's really something on the inside of you. And that kingdom will manifest itself in this broken world. Peter's going to prayer one day. A guy's sitting by the road. He's begging. He says, please help me. I need some money. And Peter says, well, I don't have any gold or silver with me. But what I do have, I've got something from the kingdom of heaven. That I'll give to you. In the name of Jesus, rise up and be healed. And he lifts up the man and he's healed. Something came from the kingdom of heaven. It was the power of the Holy Spirit. We read in Romans 14, 17, it's there in your notes. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of what we eat or drink. It sounds like Matthew chapter 6. Jesus talking about what we eat or drink. We're worried about that. But of living a life of goodness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. That's what it's about. We spend a lot of time thinking about what to eat and what to drink. I don't know about you, but I, I do. Maybe it's just a confession of the pastor today, but I think a lot. Of, I get up in the morning and... I think about where I'm going to have my coffee. Do I want Starbucks this morning? Do I like J.J. Bean? Do I make my own or do I have Tim Hortons? What kind of coffee do I have? What kind of breakfast do I have? Do I want to have protein breakfast or do I want to have some cereal? Do I want to have toast? Do I want jam, peanut butter? What am I going to put up? We have so many wonderful options in our country. Then during the day, I think about, oh, what would I like for, what, how many cups of coffee should I have? Should I have three cups of coffee? Oh, no, I've had too many cups of coffee. Had I had enough water? Did I drink my eight glasses of water during the day? I better drink another glass of water. What do I want for lunch? Oh, I have a big lunch. That means I have to exercise. Do I have time to exercise? I'm not sure I have time to exercise. So I'm thinking about that. In the afternoon, oh, it's time for coffee. So I'll go for my coffee break. Uh, and then and supper time comes. Oh, am I going to eat at home? Cheryl and I, do we go out for something to eat? Do we have, are all the kids coming over to eat? So I think about that. And then I eat and then, oh, could I have popcorn tonight? Oh, no, I've eaten too much. I can't have popcorn tonight. I'll have a carrot instead. And so <laughs> I'm thinking about all this food during the day. I think a lot about it. Canadians, we think about food a lot. 
What would you think is a favorite Canadian food? I'm going to do a quiz this morning. So here we go. Let's, let's do this little quiz. We'll put it up on there. Survey time, folks. A little break in the message. Let's find out what is Canada Day after all. So let's find out which of the following do you think best represents Canadian food? I know the print's kind of small back there, but number one is Timbits. That's Tim Horton Timbits, okay? So you text in 37607. Can you see that, 37607? So that's where you're going to, that's the phone number. You, you dial that number. And if you think Timbits is the best food that represents Canada, that would be food one. If you think poutine is, if you don't know what poutine is, you probably not are, you're not Canadian. But <laughs> poutine, food number two. Bannock, food number three. Maple syrup. See, that's where we got thinking last message, Cheryl. Because I was thinking about pancakes, butter, maple syrup. Okay. I told you, I have trouble. I think too much about food. Okay. Maple syrup, number four, Nanaimo bars. Oh, Nanaimo bars. You know, that's Nanaimo's claim to fame. That might be British Columbia's claim to fame. Nanaimo bars, food five. And then, of course, you can't miss Canadian bacon, food number six. So all you got to do is, is just text us food one to six. Pick your one, and uh, we'll get the results. We'll find out at the 11 o'clock service... What you think best represents Canadian food. And uh, I think we have enough. We've got lots of results up there already. So let's just go ahead and throw that up, and then we'll wrap up the message for this morning. What do we think best represents Canadian food? Look at you guys. You guys put poutine. Uh-oh. <laughs> a little shaking going on. Is that a tie or did Canadian bacon? Okay, what is number one? Can you, I can't tell from up here. It's a tie. Poutine, Canadian bacon, maple syrup, a strong third. Oh, 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 oh. You're, I think it's tied, you guys. The other services... Okay, now you're messing with me. <laughs> Let's call it a tie between poutine and Canadian bacon, and then maple syrup came in a strong third. The other services, maple syrup was number one. Okay, that's good. So Paul says here, the kingdom of God is not a matter of what we eat or drink. You realize how much we think about that in this earthly life. But Paul's saying, to live in the kingdom of heaven, think about heavenly things. Another time he says, let your heaven fill your thoughts, the kingdom of heaven. If you want to enjoy living the benefits and the power of the kingdom of heaven, we have to put our mind there, think about it, because it's true. The power of the Holy Spirit that we enjoy, the kingdom. Uh, and lastly, a principle how to operate in the kingdom is you have to surrender your old citizenship and accept God's invitation. Colossians 1.13 for he has rescued us from the one who rules in the kingdom of darkness, and he brought us into the kingdom of his dear son. That is such good news. We received an invitation. If you were born in another country and you became a Canadian citizen, you know it's a process. We've prayed many people through that process, the immigration process, especially if they landed as a refugee. It's not easy to become a Canadian citizen. And when you finally go there and you get your Canadian passport, it's time to throw a party. Coming into the kingdom of heaven is not based on our works. You can't buy your way in. 
It's an invitation. It's very expensive, but our way was paid for by Jesus. He said, I will take you from that filthy, dirty, rotten kingdom of darkness that you could not get out no matter what you tried if you receive my gift. And I will take you from a kingdom of darkness under the rulership of a demonic power, and I will bring you into the kingdom of light. And you can enjoy the privileges of heaven because I have this incredible love for you. And that takes a surrender. We say, God, I surrender to you. I give up that old life for a new life. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you would like to download free notes from this message, then visit our website, www.coastalchurch.org. 